Frank, let me just start off and say this. Goodbye, passwords. You are, <laughs> you are gone forever from my password manager. Oh, no. Oh, no. But what will I steal from you, James? How will I ever steal from you? Uh, because I, I deleted all my passwords in my password manager because I got pass keys now. They're like passwords, but they're keys. They're not words. They're keys. Like a key to your house. That can't be forged at all, Frank. Is that a metaphor? Pretty sure keys can be forged pretty easily. <laughs> you know, I go to Lowe's, so you can go to you can go to like Home Depot, and you can go to Ace Hardware. You can get keys copied. They cost you money, but if you go to Lowe's, they have a key copying machine where if you get a Lowe's branded key, it's free. Uh, that's great. I'm going to go make a million copies of things. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we, were, we were getting keys to like the garage, and I was like, well, yeah. why would I pay three dollars? When I can just get the Lowe's key, and I'll know that the Lowe's key is the garage key, and now it is. So there you go. There's pro tip. Pro Lowe's. Did I say Lowe's? Lowe's. Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Home Depot, but it's Lowe's. It's bright. You know, Lowe's. The L. It's blue instead of orange. And it's brighter. When you walk in, their fluorescent lights are much brighter than the Home Depot. That's how you can distinguish the two. So if you ever, like, if you just randomly walked into a huge building and you got to say, <laughs> like, am I, am I in Lowe's or am I in Home Depot? You can tell if it's brighter. Okay. Uh, pro tip: If you are ever unconscious in a large big box store, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, this this is this is great. Um, I you know we're we're gonna do security again, and I just realized that this whole passkey password thing. I've been doing my homework, James. I've been doing my homework well. Is the whole reason Apple has that kind of annoying login box? Have you ever noticed when you're going to like the developer page, how it asks for your username first and then asks for your password? I'm like, what's with the two page thing, everyone? What, what happened to username password on the home page? I learned the reason for that is passkey. Pass oh, pass they, pass have they been key. planning it for the last <laughs> 10 years? Because it's super annoying because you're like, all right. I guess, I, oh, you know, funnily enough, other websites have done that. When I log into like a, a Microsoft account too, yep, you yep. put in your password for or your email first and then it figures out, okay, how, how can I authenticate this account? And what I have is I have the, the, the passwordless entry, which is it sends a notification to my phone, which I unlock. I do a biometric scan and I sometimes enter like a like a two digit code. Sometimes I just hit approve. It just depends on, I guess, the security model the website puts in. Uh, but yeah. then it unlocks my account. I'm like, that's amazing because I no longer have to to put in a password unless Frank, you unless Frank, <laughs> you lose your phone or you, you go kayaking and it falls into the bottom of the lake. I don't know. That Ouch. could be happened. And then yeah. you get a new phone and you're like, okay, how do I recover my accounts in my authentication yeah. app? Whoops, they're gone forever. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so at, I guess the whole industry, I guess is what we're saying, has been leaning toward this. I think because we're both app developers and hate authentication as a rule of thumb. I, I'm speaking for you here, but you agree with me, right? Authentication's the worst. Authentication's the worst. Passwords are the worst. Two-factor authentication, better, but then also still kind of the worst because you can just <laughs> swipe SIM cards. And then, yeah. yeah, everyone, 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 every company hates passwords. But when you think about it, right? The reason we hate passwords is because one, they're they're easy to spoof because nobody likes to create complex passwords. So even when you have requirements, 
that are like, make it a lo uppercase, lowercase, and a symbol. You just make the same password on every website. Sure, you use a credential manager sometimes, but you're like, ah, okay, whatever. There's Now there's one key to get all my passwords. And then if you're in a business, I think the businesses really hate passwords. I don't know if the drive and demand is 100% for a consumer, but I mm -hmm. definitely see that there's a, a demand for, you know, making sure that stuff doesn't get fished, uh, essentially for big companies and big organizations, right? We see that all the time yeah. where someone accidentally clicks a link or does a thing or enters a password and boom, now someone's in the back door of a mainframe and we can't get anything shipped to us anymore because everything's been locked and done. But yes, in general, what I'm trying to say, Frank, is that <laughs> passwords are bad, but they're, they're the only thing that we have. But now everyone wants to give us new things to get rid of the things. And now I understand like there's these other like thumbsticks, right? That you can pat, you can like put in yeah. to, to a thing. And then there's other things. I don't have any of those things. Do I need those things. Well, let me start with, I I've actually, I, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with you, what you just said, little merge conflict, but okay. Passwords are terrible. In fact, I'm a, I have, I was a victim of identity theft. In other words, they stole my password, logged into a million things and oh, no. yeah. stole a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So that was really messy to clean up. And that was hundred percent my fault. I was using the same password everywhere, really simple one. So once it was stolen once, um, have I been pwned.com, whatever. Make sure you go there, check things out. Yeah, you know, um, you know how many times I've been pwned? <laughs> I just got an email last week about it. Oh no. <laughs> um, and then I got like, a, hey, your your email, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So let's see 500 pixels, AppServe, Apollo, Boxy, Citadel, Collection One, Data Enriching, yeah. Dropbox, Exploit It, Gravatar, okay. Kickstarter, LinkedIn, You're giving LinkedIn, me LinkedIn nightmares. Data. <laughs> MGM Resorts, Plex, share this, Ticketfly, oh my God. you've been scraped, Zenga, all the things. Have you used the internet? Spoiler alert. Someone, you've been compromised. You've been compromised. Now that, now th those, Frank, that's not user error. That's not my fault. That's no, not my no. fault. That is somebody else's fault. The right. security people do blame us for using the same password everywhere, but no one told us that everyone's servers were so pathetically <laughs> insecure. <laughs> we, we just kind of assumed that, you know, those programmers knew what they were doing. We were wrong. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it turns out security is hard. Uh, so you mentioned uh, physical pass keys. So this is the thing. I don't know. I, it even happened when I was working at big businesses. Everyone was switching over to physical access keys. So you would insert um, a card into the machine. Eventually, they became USB fobs. I think mm. uh, other people had little machines that would generate a random code based on the decay of cesium. I don't know what it was based on, but, you know, some random thing. And it was just synchronized with something. Who knows how any of that stuff worked? But I guess just in general, they were called pass keys, something like that. And it definitely was a better form of security. But, you know, you could still punch someone in the nose and take their pass key. It wasn't a great form of security. It still had its own flaws. It's funny, like security is hard when you think through all the different scenarios. And so what Apple pass key is, and this is what I find, I guess, kind of interesting to me based on this uh, uh, web standard, this auth authentication web standard, is they're going to use your phone 
and your other devices to act as authentication keys, much like um, your Google auth key passcode generator puppy thing does, um, like all those little passcode generator thingies do, except now it's going to be baked into the OS. And of course, Apple being Apple, they have all these fancy ways where you can improve that integration with Safari and the operating system. And I don't know, you know, I hate security but i think that this this often thing is good enough and i i like the idea of this passkey thing good enough i i think i might actually be a convert to passkeys yeah it's i don't like i don't like how i was introduced to them i don't like mm. these physical things that you carry around that are usually honestly just an addition to a password it was always an addition and they i just didn't see the point like like i said you can just steal one it's it's not a big deal uh these are more interesting and i, I want to go into the details of why it's more interesting but um i i thought that was the neatest part that we're we're taking this concept of these physical things but we're using our our phones and other things to just be them instead well and here's what i don't understand maybe you can distinguish this a little bit and we can come back to it if i'm jumping the gun a little bit but have you ever used sign in with apple like the, the Apple ID. Uh, I, I haven't programmed it into my apps. Have you used it? Have you 100%. used it to oh, sign sure. up for an account? Sure. Anytime anything looks suspicious, I, I'm just hoping that iPhone's going to offer me that sign in with Apple thing. Absolutely. So this this is this is relatively fascinating because what you do is you see you sign in with Apple. I did this actually when we traveled to Hawaii and we needed to upload our information to the Hawaiian <laughs> website. Oh my goodness. It was, I applaud anyone. I don't even know is, is it, it was a website, <laughs> definitely a website, but they did have sign sign up with, uh, with Apple. So I signed in with, with Apple and you know, that's pretty seamless. You just literally, it's like signing with Facebook or all these other things, but it's random, you know, email generation that's spoofed and all this stuff. And you can just biometric sign in and you're good to go. You don't have to sign in because I'm already off on my phone, right? If I'm on the web, I'm here. Now, when I went to the browser, like on my Windows machine, I actually needed to sign in with Apple, then use my username and password. So I kind of went back to the old flow uh, mechanism there and then, you know, authenticated and did the, the, the pin and all those things. So it was like halfway a passkey, right? Like the sign in with Apple mm -hmm. is like I'm already authenticated on my device. So I should be able to use my fingerprint to just bypass and fill in the information that actually worked fairly well so it's kind of like almost a pass key but then the other parts kind of broke down to enter your apple id password right so this is one full package of saying my finger my face is my my key <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm trying to think of the the line. I, I hope everyone's screaming into their podcast player of choice for the line from sneakers. Uh, my voice is my identify is my identity. Verify me. Something like that. Uh, biometrics, I believe, are what you're talking oh, about there. Frank, Frank. Oh, my goodness. I was calling my insurance company today. Mm -hmm. And I'm scared. <laughs> so talking about this from sneakers is like, OK, so literally on the phone. They just have me, you know, give them my information. And then they're like, okay, we just need your approval. So just say, I state your name here, approve and consent of this. So I say, I, James, because it's recorded, right? Yeah. You probably shouldn't say the whole thing here. People could just snip it out, start, start approving you for everything. Oh yeah. Okay. So let me redo that. So <laughs> what they had me say was they're like, I blah, 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 consent to blah, 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 right? 
And so I did that. And again, in that scenario, my voice was the approval on the recording, which is so funny, right? Yeah, I wonder if that's like in lieu of a signature, like if they're just recording the call or if that was actually recorded as its own file. I, w- uh, I wonder how sophisticated people actually are. I don't know, but hmm. I will say this. In between me saying I and then finishing it, I did have a whole conversation because I was like, what am I actually, what's going what, what, what am I doing here? Did I read anything? Um, and then I then I said it. But yeah, that was, that yeah. was the fun part of it. Okay, so going back to what you said about the sign-in with Apple, um, I I, kind of consider that a little bit of an in-between hybrid technology uh, instead of full passkey, because there is a difference with um, passkey. The server doesn't really store any kind of sensitive private information. It doesn't really store a password or anything like that. What happens instead is um, an app sends out a little public key. The server generates a challenge against that public key. Uh, If you happen to have the private key, if you're the one who originated that pair, you're able to respond to that challenge. The server is able to verify via the public key whether your response was valid, whether it was actually correctly generated from the private key. And from that, it can trust your identity, whatever identity you're stating. That is the modern passwordless passkey system. There's a lot of gaps to fill in there, but that's the general flow. Uh, And how do you establish that initial public key, private key pair? But uh, in the case of sign-in with Apple, that's still using kind of the old server technology of the server records, usernames, and passwords, hash passwords, obviously, all that stuff. You know, all good security practices apply. But in, in the end, it's storing some piece of private information for you. And the sign-in with Apple is just more of a convenient UI. It's lipstick on a pig. (laughs) It's putting a pretty UI on top of a pretty old process of username, send a password, get an auth token or something, and move on with your life. Uh, Pretty different from the passkey world. That makes sense. I definitely, I can see that. It's like a prettier packaging of it. So it's really not new technology at all, where passkey is a whole new whole new shebang. And what I didn't really understand about passkey was where is the account? Like that's the one thing I was kind of mystified. Like I understand with sign in with Apple, it's generating for all intents, like a new, you know, username, password in some system somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the, 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 the putting a bow on it. Right. And making it look pretty where the other one is like, okay, I just like do a passkey and then who knows what about what, like how, who's (laughs) identifying who, what information um, is going, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to support passkey, you have to have a server. And your server has to be able to do, uh, what, what is it called? It's, it's called like off-end, web off-end authentication. It's a standard. Uh, in fact, when we talked about it, yeah, it's called web authentication, web off-end. Um, Octa people uh, talked about it. It's it's a whole process. So it, it covers like how do you create accounts? Um, how the, the account creation process is basically establishing this uh, public private key pair that you're going to use to uh, sign into the systems. That's that's the most important part. But a part of that process, the server can, can uh, throw in some extra information. Like if you're writing an app, you might throw in. Um, what areas of the app they're allowed to access, or I don't know, full username, their address, their phone number. I don't know. You throw in more data. 
And this whole web often thing, uh, they talk about how to establish accounts, how to resolve accounts. You mentioned losing your phone in the water. So they have a whole process for how would you reestablish your public and private keys and all that stuff. And it's all honestly a bit complex. So I highly recommend you don't write any of it yourself. I had to go check. Uh, thank goodness uh, there are like ASP.NET plugins to do a lot of this stuff for you. And the big ASP.NET plugin is called FIDO2. For some reason, this protocol is called FIDO. I don't know the history there. But basically, you want to, I would say, if you're doing a server from scratch these days, I would start here. I would start with web authentication and then maybe add password support as a backup. But it seems like it's definitely the future. And you should just start baking this into your servers. Hmm. Okay. So done. And, and I actually think that I saw a thread from maybe Fowler or Damien Edwards that I think that with ASP.NET or go back to the .NET space, I think that the default ASP.NET core identity like has, has auth and what is it? OAuth? Yeah. It's just called web often as far as I can tell. Now, there are, of course, variations on it because what would a security thing be without a million variations? Apple said specifically they implement the ES256 version of it. And it's funny because that's it's similar to JOTS, JWT tokens, if people have done that kind of stuff before. Yeah. That's kind of the encryption policy Apple uses for that stuff, too. So it's actually not too different from JOT stuff. If you've done JOT stuff, uh, this should be this should make a little bit of sense to you. Okay, I like it. Done. Ship it. Yeah, it it, it just gets a little bit funny. I, I want to talk about one part that I thought was really interesting. So I, I was talking about how someone could punch you in the nose and take your, <laughs> your little key. Yeah. Uh, Apple has a great workaround for that. Um, unlike that situation, or uh, you mentioned someone cloning your SIM on your uh, cell phone. Yep. That's, that's one people bring up all the time. Like, it's real easy to clone a SIM. I don't know how easy that actually is, but people bring it up all the time. Uh, what Apple does is when a device is playing this role of authenticator, it actually does like a ping pong between multiple Bluetooth devices if it can. So say I'm on Safari on my Mac and I'm trying to log into a website using this. Hmm. It would actually open a Bluetooth connection on my Mac, start talking to my phone. Those two would establish a secure connection between themselves, do the little bit of authentication on the phone, and send it back. The neat thing about doing that over Bluetooth is it's required to be within a physical proximity. Hmm. Bluetooth because it just don't work from a distance. Yeah. (laughs) And so if someone wants to, um, I don't know, identity theft you, they're going to have to punch you in the nose and stand right over you while they try to authenticate. And it's just going to be an awkward situation. So I, I really like how that like really simple thing of it communicates over Bluetooth is a great way of just adding security to it. Got Now, that I assume is like kind of set up maybe for like Apple devices, but they also showed up. The QR code scanning, is that the thing that's doing the Bluetooth diagnostics or what was that? Did they go into that deeper in the video? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to kick off the process because it is a bit of a chicken and egg system. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to establish this uh, public and private key. And so one of the clever ways to do it is they actually kick off the process with a QR code. Uh, you can use their APIs to generate one of these QR codes. 
And on an Apple device, I don't know what it's going to do on an Android device. Uh, we should probably get some Google answers here. It is a standard, though. You know, this isn't Apple going completely crazy. So it is a standard. I, I'm assuming Google can implement all this stuff, too. Uh, anyway, that um, uh, QR code contains just a tiny bit of Bluetooth information, in fact. Mm. It says, here, here is the kind of channel to open up. Here is how to broadcast yourself. And then whoever was showing that QR code will try to connect to that Bluetooth information. So whichever device, you know, picks up and uh, works off that QR code first will start authenticating. It's, it's weird. You and I have tried to do network stuff over QR codes ourselves before. It's always a tricky thing, but... Gosh, I don't know. It, it it seems to work pretty well. That is really really interesting. So I'm I'm walking down the I'm walking down the line of okay scenarios, right? It makes sense if you're on the same device. Now I understand that it will also do iCloud keychain backup. So if you went to an iPad, okay, so now that's another device that can auth you. That that makes sense, right? You're logged in. It's blah blah blah. Now, if we're on another device, like my Windows machine, if I have Bluetooth, it's good to go. The QR code initiates it, bingo, bango. I could imagine that Apple is smart enough if you have, you know, I guess on your Mac, if you have the fingerprint off, then it would, it would do it as well. Or if it didn't, there could be some Bluetooth exchanging stuff. What if I don't have Bluetooth, Frank? Like, what if I'm on a, you know, my old desktop machine here that doesn't have Bluetooth? Actually, does it have Bluetooth? <laughs> um... I uh, does it have Bluetooth? I gotta look because this is yeah. one of those ones that. Uh, well, no, I have a. I don't think it does. This one, I'm scanning. Hold on, Bluetooth. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't have Bluetooth. I my machine oh, doesn't no. have Bluetooth. Oh, pass key. Oh, I no. can't use it. Fail. No. Okay, it, it's it's not quite so bad. So a maybe you actually used that machine and logged into the service and did already establish a pass key on that mm. server. So let's say there could already be a local version of the passkey on that computer. And it is per computer. It's kind of interesting the way it all works. Um, so it's it, it could already be on that machine. Or you could be doing the iCloud share thing um, where it's it's being already synchronized with that machine. So there, you already have it that way. Or um, without Bluetooth, you can actually just share passkeys. So if you go to like your settings app, passwords, mm and click on a passkey, that's where they're going to show up, by the way, under passwords. So metaphor broken. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll just show up there, and they actually have, you know, the little box with the arrow coming out of it, and you can just go send that in a text message. No, I'm sorry. I think it's airdrop only. I think that's the only way you can transmit a passkey to another device. So airdrop would allow for Wi-Fi. Uh, so assuming you have... And might even do cellular. Does AirDrop do cellular? I don't know. Uh, I may. I don't. I don't yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> so th those are those are your three ways. Or uh, you know what? You can just go to the server and say, "I need to re I need to re request authentication here," and the server is going to have to present a QR code or something to kick off the process. So. Here's the thing. Um, you're still going to need fallbacks. <laughs> I think all these, the demo they showed, um, they had already created the account and they were just trying to authenticate with the account. Creating the account is still always going to require a little bit of manual uh, process on your side. You're still going to want to do like email validation or things like that. 
And so this is more about logging in and proving identity than it is about creating an account. Now, Web WebAuthn does discuss creating an account and how you should do all that. But just to be clear, um, that's like a whole nother side big topic to think about. Got it. So in, so in, in theory, right, somebody's still going to have some information on me. There's going to be some backup. There's going to be my email. There's going to be additional information that's passed. But because when, when I watch the video, I just watch the keynote stuff and how they made it mm-hmm. look, by the way, and that's why I wanted to deep dive a little bit on this technology is they made it look like, oh, I go to I go to Zencaster, which is what we use. Thank you, Zencaster, not a sponsor for this. And I need to log in and I just go, oh, boop. I'm in. I've created an account. I'm logged in. I'm good to go. And Zencaster knows nothing about me. It just knows that this is my pass key. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you did it on one of your devices that has iCloud keychain and it got broadcasted around all that good stuff. Uh, yes, that works. Except Zencaster has to implement WebAuthn for that to work. Or else what you're really just going to get is the saved password experience on Apple, which is still pretty good, yeah. but it's not going to be the magic passwordless uh, thing with all mm. its cool Bluetoothy stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's another security standard. How many of these have we had? Uh, you said earlier OAuth, that was one. Mm-hmm. OpenAuth was another, you know. We've, we've been through so many of these. The, the thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that this one has been around for a while and it has been standard by um, the dub dub dub. So hopefully it's, it's still going to be around for a while. Now, here's my problem all up is I still can't even get two-factor authentication <laughs> on 80% of the websites that I use. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I think that I'm all, so I'm all for 100% trying to move forward. I, I love this. I'm all in for it. I will pass key the world. I, what I'm sure Google and Microsoft will come up with something else and it'll be great. And we're going to have eight different <laughs> ways still to off. Yeah. It'll all be the web and whatever <laughs> shenanigans. But if every single website that I use doesn't get in on it, just like that person honking behind you, then I'm going to get upset because I'm not going to be yeah. able to pass. And I'm still going to have passwords, right? Now, yeah. ideally, though, that password list will be shrinking, and that would be ideal. Yeah, but it's going to take forever. 10 years, it? 20 years, 30. Never. It's never, it's never going to fully yeah. happen. But 10 years from now, maybe? But we'll put it this way. If, if I were to go write a server right now that needs someone to log in, this is the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. I've never liked storing passwords. That That's dumb. But you know what I hated less was pulling in random third-party JavaScript libraries to do all sorts of gross stuff. Um, I would rather implement a nice little web standard like this on my server and get it done. And the code didn't honestly look that bad. And they designed it to be... You're going to have fallbacks in your apps. Um, one of the big things that Apple added to all of this is a way to do kind of pop-up authentic screens in your app. So in your app, all you kind of need to provide is the username field and a sign-in button. And then you can kind of hand it over to Apple to do the rest of the UI. Hmm. And what's kind of neat is that was all obviously designed for passkey, for the nice smooth passkey flow. But you can even request a password flow there. And so if they have credentials stored as a password, uh, the API would uh, present, 
you know, it's a, you present a view controller and then eventually it calls a callback in your delegate, classic Apple kind of API, and it would give you that information back. And then you can decide what to do with it. If they give you a pass key, you're good to go, move on. If they give you a username and password, then you've got to do your own authentication with the server. So at least they're trying to unify this stuff. But I don't know, like you, I think I'm all in on the pass key. Let's pass key it up. I'm ready. Let us know what you think about passkey. And if you watch the video, I need to go rewatch the video. So, so I, so funny enough, everyone last week when we did our dub dub breakdown, um, I was like, Frank, we need to talk about passkey. And then he's like, I need to watch the video. I was like me too. And then Frank actually did watch the video and then I did not. So Frank, thank you for doing your homework and for breaking it all down for me. Now I, I want to wrap with this though. There is nothing that uses passkey today. Correct. Like I don't even see it in my iOS 16 or anything. There's not a website that uses passkey or is there? You know, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of hoping that Apple would be the first. You <laughs> know, I, I was hoping, you know, <laughs> developer.apple.com. Um, no, web, uh, uh, web So you just got to search around what websites support web And those are the ones that'll work. I don't know what websites those are, though. I don't know if it's like Twitter or anything like that, but I honestly can't answer you. They'll still need to integrate this passkey SDK or something, right? Not really. Um, because it is a standard, Safari handles most of the ugliness mm. for you. Uh, there's a tiny bit of JavaScript you've got to put into your website to support it. Yeah. But it's basically four lines, kind of make a request, handle the response, yes, no kind of thing. And then app devs, anything does, I guess the sign. Uh, yeah. Apple so again? for app devs, you need to use, there's a, there's a whole kit called, um, the authorization kit, AS mm. authorization. There's a view controller there that you can configure. You tell it what kind of authentication you're going to do, preferably pass key, but it supports a few others. And like I said, you provide your own text field for the username. You provide your own button, but in that button, uh, you set up that view controller and tell it, take care of the rest, buddy. Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would simplify UIs. You know, if, if you got to be cross-platform and still support passwords, it's going to complicate your UI. <laughs> but if you're just going to go for Apple, uh, pretty simple. Yeah, I like that. And ideally, like what they did was sign in with Apple. They had stuff that you could do on other platforms too. So ideally, they would do something. Yeah, and this is a standard. So there's nothing stopping I mean, Google might already have support for this. I, I really am curious what the experience is on the latest Android. Yeah, I'm in. I am in. Let us know if you have thoughts on signing with Apple, pass keys, any other authentication or the things that we're missing. Do we need to have more people on our podcast talking about authentication? Is this a topic that you care about? Frank and I know nothing about authentication or security. Well, a little bit. Just, you know, there's keys. They're, they're there, there's public and they're private ones and there's like internal and then there's, you know, other uh, classes I, protected. No, I've learned you, you, you do hashes and you build URLs and then you change the Git parameters and then that doesn't work. And then you go find a nougat and just use the nougat and then that works and then authenticated <laughs> and you're all authenticated. Boom. Well, thank you, Frank, for breaking this down for us. I appreciate it. I like I like doing homework. Good. I miss doing homework. <laughs> yeah. Good old homework. Next homework for you is figuring out how to update that lock screen with widgets on the iPad. We'll see if that's available and we'll let you know next week on Merge Complex. So until then, 
This has been another fantastic 30-minute ride-home edition of Merge Conflict. So until next time and next week, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.